That's right. That sound and this good cup of community coffee can only mean one thing. It's the Toter Tales Podcast. Brought to us by our friends, ERS Gunite, 972-935-5769. My good friend Tyler Boston, he can fix it all. If you got any concrete needs, he can fix broken dreams to, to broken hearts, I'm sure. If not, he can at least pour you a sweet pool. He can do anything when it comes to uh, the gun eye business. Check him out, Waxahachie, Texas. He's the kind of the co-creator of the Toter Tales. I keep giving him credits because, man, he's the only reason why we started this. So today, for the first time in my Toter, and I'm gonna, we're going to get his first official opinion of the signature new look, but I'm going to bring on my man, Clay Smith. Is it two-time world champion? Two-time. You know what's funny is like when we leave Vegas and you've kicked our butt successfully, I don't really keep track of how many times that's happened. No, it hasn't happened that many times, really. Bert, what, what do you think of our new it's signature nice. looking at It's really nice since out here. You were just talking to it. You were thinking about getting a toter home. Yeah, I mean, you know, you get a family. You like, do have I've a got family. three, almost three in car seats. One's just now almost out, but three in the back seats. Uh, it's pretty full in a regular pickup. This, this would be ideal. It was, honestly, that that's exactly why I bought this, was because we... Uh, Stephen, she never got to go with me. The girls never got to go. And COVID hits, and then she's kind of work, work, uh, working remotely where she can be on the road with me a little bit. She takes off. And, of course, that year, everything we went to was either in Utah or in South Dakota. Yeah. So you'd leave Oklahoma, drive to Utah, go to South Dakota, come back to Oklahoma. I mean, just a weird, vicious circle. So we take off. The girls are in car seats in the back. And you know how it is. You can't, I mean, it's that's all you got. But you can't get in the trailer and go take a nap while your wife's driving. In case the kids wake up, they need a bottle, they need a new I can't on. sleep when my wife's driving anyway. Like, <laughs> they don't matter where I'm at. Most women are competent, great drivers. My wife drives great, she'll she tell does. you, especially from the back seat. She does it really well. Really good. She's yeah. like third generation backseat driver, and she's instilling it in my kids. It's a family tradition. Yeah. So we, we got to talk a little bit about it. You've been had a great year. Congratulations on Thank another you. great year. Scary moment, of course. We're not going to. I mean, I know you're probably tired of talking about your leg. No, I. You can be honest. It's a toter tail. Uh, you can be honest. I, uh. Really, I don't like any excuses. And so, like, I. I had a little bit of an excuse, but I didn't want this to be the reason why I didn't make the NFR. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I felt like if I entered a rodeo, like that, the week that we, we had, the first week, I thought. If I was able to show up at a rodeo and compete, there's no excuses to not make the NFR. And so I, but I practiced twice. And the first day that I practiced, it was like, I don't know, you know. It, that's why I, I told Jake, I said, I, I don't know if, I I feel okay, but I run six steers and I only caught half of them. I said, so I, I feel okay and I'm kind of excited, but I said, I need to make sure I can win first. And so I gave it a day and then I went back and rope for myself just tried to completely block everything out and I run three steers and it felt almost back to normal and so that's why I told him I said I'm gonna try it and so and then I thought you know if I entered the rodeo I didn't want to show up and embarrass myself you know mm-hmm. I don't show up and embarrass myself especially the week of Dodge City those are I mean coming from the Prairie Circuit that's our oh, yeah, that's, that's our tour baby right that was used to be I mean Dodge City used to be like the biggest rodeo of the year you know it's a special rodeo for me just because I grew up Prairie Circuit and so it was a special rodeo and then that week I, want, I knew that if that was kind of, that was the last chance I thought I had a, to have a big push to have a chance to make the finals. And I didn't know it was going to go, you know, near as good as what it went. And, um, 
but we just kind of we drew good steers i mean it was just like i said good lord it was it was all went in plan like you know and you had great help in the box i i had my right hand man helping in the box every steer so it was it was good we got to talk about that too. You know what's funny is is you say you know you caught three out of six. Well, honestly, come August, man, fifty percent ain't bad. That's what Jake <laughs> told me. He said if you're fifty percent, we're gonna be okay. I do love you say that though. No excuses. You know you have a broke leg. You said no excuses, and I kind of picked your brain about this. Your first one back, Abilene, Kansas. We're talking about it, and, I, and like you'd made your run. I wasn't about to talk to you about it beforehand, but I'm like, man, there's no way in the world that I would be close to the barrier on my first year back <laughs> yeah. after what happened. Because I mean, at Prescott. I don't absolutely don't want to relive it, but just one little tidbit I would like to know. Like, I mean, that come out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like you're riding across there because like there's times you feel the barrier grab your leg a little bit, but never your right leg like that. Right. And so for it to come out of nowhere, it's kind of like you know if you can see danger, you can avoid it, or you know what I mean. You feel comfortable about being around it, but then when it just pops up out of nowhere, I mean it would have me sketchy. So I was like, the fact you got a great start and hung on one of their very first year back, I thought was incredible. Just because I know for myself, there ain't a chance in the world that I would be leaving before the barrier drops. I'm normally done. I don't ever normally have to worry about it because I'm off the barrier so far. I don't ever have yeah, to worry. Yeah, you score about so bad. But no, at Prescott, and probably the reason why I hadn't thought about it as much is because it wasn't the barrier in front of the horse. It was it the neck rope. So, and at Prescott, I could seen it. That that was probably the weirdest thing is I seen a neck rope come up. When I I got I never get a good start at Prescott. It seemed like, but I drill the barrier at Prescott. And I'm like, steers right here. And I see the barrier fling up, and it goes. It's it's in my direct vision. I see it fly up like that. And so as I'm coming to the steer, I see it fly up, and I'm like, okay, I, I I thought it was gonna hit my rope. That's in my mind when I see it fly up. I'm like, I hope it don't hit my rope. And I mean, you know how things happen so fast. And so I'm like, I hope it don't hit my rope. And then when I realize it's going down, I'm like, okay, I'm fine. You're fine. And it's down. It's it's fine. And this. so I can feel it hit my horse's chest it wraps around in front of my horse's chest and I can feel it like grab something I thought it maybe grab my stirrup and and so when I go through it then I mean just a split second I feel I'm like oh it, like you know how you, I mean everybody that's roped has had the barrier hang their foot exactly. a little bit and so I'm like I hung my foot a little bit and then I'm like and then immediately like just one second after that it Ow. was the it was the worst oh, pain God. that I've ever had I didn't want to make you have to bring that back up. That was incredible. So I think it is true testament to like how focused you were the whole time. Well, like, wow, that's impressive. That um, that setup, like that, that's a cool rodeo, and that setup, you know, it it, it is cool. But um, I, like I said, I've never had a. Ch I might was gonna be as fast as press as I've ever been. I've always missed the barrier, broke the barrier, done something stupid. I don't think I've got to go to press. Even the year that we had no. COVID and there wasn't very many rodeos, I still got up, up, and couldn't go. For me to get into that rodeo was the freakiest deal. Like that, that was almost a telltale sign. I, I, I didn't need to be in Prescott. There was 40 people asking for that set. We got drawn out, and so we're just like we're gonna hang out. I stay at my buddy Jerry Fillmore's. We're here. We're headed back to Jerry Fillmore's. We get a phone call after Greeley that. Um, somebody is doctor releasing out and we're next on the priority list let's go and so me and jake was like it's only like a 14 hour round trip let's just I mean, go it's just, it's just right down there. and so we leave our i leave our my family at jared fillmore's my wife and my kid and me and jake get in the truck and we're like let's go down there we pull in it's beautiful right before the rodeo starts pours down rain <laughs> and i'm like has it rained since, since no it hasn't rained all, all year and so it's pouring down rain and it stops like right before the rodeo starts and the ground's actually perfect and i'm like hey that's awesome. And then it wasn't. It wasn't awesome. Oh, it wasn't so, awesome. kind of a funny backstory to everything bad that happened to you. Uh, 
leading up to that. So I had been agreed that night. I leave I leave the box. Barrier grabs my left foot, and when I tell you, sticks it behind my left, like my left butt cheek. It's up there. And if you pull your left leg on my yellow, he's gonna be gone. So like, he just whoop, and I get. You know how like when it, you don't know if it fouls you. Like it's a tough call to pull up. Yeah. And then they say, no, it didn't get you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like you're in the middle of it. You're like, oh, I can still get him, and I blow it by. Watch the video back, and I'm like, I knew something grabbed me. Cause you know how it is. Like you're still focused out there, even though something's got you mm-hmm. back here. I mean, obviously you know that. <laughs> so I call you. Know, of course, Jake Law calls me. Hey, what y'all do over there? And I tell him, not, no good. I missed. I said, Barry got my leg. I said, man. I said, Jake, he put my left foot behind, him. like almost like I, like I was walking off with it. I was like, thank God I'm such an athlete. I said, that'll hurt a normal man. Yeah. Literally, what I told him. That's five hours before y'all go to Prescott. And crazy. then like he's pulling into Prescott, and we'd gone to my buddy Shane Ohado's. We're all shooting pool and hanging out there, BS. And he calls me. Now Jake Long, here's a little backstory. Jake Long's broke the barrier. Um, I want to say there's a chance. If he didn't win the rodeo or win good that year, he broke the barrier. And the, he broke the barrier. Like, he will break the barrier in front of the <laughs> He breaks it all the time. He right? loves so, knowing the Oh, start. he loves it. He just, you know, he wants to show you how he can score good. I mean, he can score good. But at, at Prescott, the problem is the header goes, and then they might float, and he does no float. Yeah. So he breaks the barrier a couple times. And so the last thing I tell him was, hey, don't break the barrier tonight. You know what I mean? Right. He's like, oh, my gosh. Why yeah. would you? I wasn't even thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, I remember. It. I remember you And then now, him. and then here he goes, calls me back, and I'm like, he calls me, and I can hear in his voice something's wrong, you know? But I'm like, hey, what's happening? What? And I came on speakerphone. He's like, I gotta call you back. I'm like, oh, okay. That's weird. Then he calls right back. So my partner broke, broke his it. leg, and I'm he like, my gosh. I mean, at first I'm thinking he broke the barrier. Now he's like, <laughs> he broke his partner's leg. Like, Jake, you're moving the wrong way up the ladder. Let's just, <laughs> let's just score Prescott a little bit. But you know what? We were here to steer open a few weeks ago, and uh, we were talking about you know steer rope. And you're a steer rope or connoisseur. You're no, like, I, you're really good. No, I'm not. I, but I, I love it. I, I love the steer rope. You want a surfboard in the steer rope? Yeah, that. I, I, I love steer tripping. I really do. And you were actually, you were going to enter Pendleton this year before all the, were you going to enter all the Northwest Rodeo? So I I just sold the horse that I tripped on all the time. I, I got frustrating with the tripping because I was like, man, it's so hard to get to all of them. And and I last year I told myself I was wanting to go to enough to try to make the finals. And I didn't get to many of them. And I probably didn't put enough effort out. I, I try to focus so much on team roping that I'm like, I'm kind of just kind of halfway in the steer roping and I'm like, until I'm gonna put it, do it. Do it. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna stop. And so I stole my horse. Uh, Dalton. Dalton Walker had my horse, and so I thought, well, and I made a. We made a pact that if I was to enter up here, I could ride that horse. And so I was gonna maybe enter. You know, because it's up in the northwest, it's a little bit easier to go to these. And so a little more lax schedule. Right. Got to right, get around to right. it. But obviously that didn't work. So. But I mean, still, you want a surfboard? Do you have that put up, or have you used? Yeah. These? No. I. I no. I, I don't even know what to do with it, but I, I do got it in my barn, so it was pretty cool. Well, let's switch gears a little bit. You know, one of the things I, I mean, obviously you come on the scene, wildfire, open to the world, kind of your big hello to everybody. You, Will Woodfin, I think it was. Won it with Woodfin, I won it with my brother. One year. What year? So the first year, though, was with Woodfin, maybe? Woodfin was the first year. That was like 2013, and then my brother was 2014. You bet, back to back. Riding Marty. And I love Marty. Everybody who knows Clay Smith knows Marty. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, probably oh, the greatest horseman. head horse. In, that horse I mean, he would have won. He'd have won the head horse of the year if he had papers. I mean, right. Right. I think. I mean, maybe. yeah. Let's be honest. My favorite Ronnie Gray's one time was like, "Hey, I'll tell you about a horse nobody really knows about." And Clay Smith had a pretty good grade. <laughs> <laughs> this was like 2015. It's like, man, I, I think everybody knows about that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's only won the wildfire twice. Only. But let's talk. How did you get here? Where did you come? Because so, you've come southeast Oklahoma, horse right. traders. I mean. 
Oh, we all, all I ever did growing up was ride outside horses, ride ride colts, ride horses. Um, there was summers there that we'd have between me and my brother. Uh, we'd have 18 outside horses plus our horses. So we'd always had 60 plus horses at the house always. And uh, see, I've never been to your place, but I've just that's just growing up. That's what I always heard. Yeah, we that's all we ever did. Me and Jake would ride. What we would try to do is in the we would. And me and Jake never was early risers ever. And so we would, you know, wake up and get around, but we would stay up all night. And uh, we would ride, try to ride uh, the outside horses first, which was always a terrible idea because we was always so tired. And then we'd practice, you know, for ourselves at the end. And, uh, uh, but all of those, you know, things, riding outside horses, people brought, it was kind of like a pawn shop. Like somebody would have a horse, they're like, hey, I want 300 for this 10 year old stud bring it here we'll look at it so they'd bring it never been touched you know we'd ride it and make them an offer you know like everything was worth something and so hey this is what we'll give you today do you want it and and so by doing that though we did get to look at a ton of horses and my brothers are still doing it now um but it was a full-time job but we loved it so how well, old are you though when you're, oh, when you're I mean, pawning, like when you're running this pawn shop of horses uh, I, there's videos of me like we was kind of like... Uh, like you left the Jay Leno show with your goat pawning horses. Yeah. I, my dad would buy ponies for me and Jake to ride. Like, we'd buy ponies on Saturday, and then the next Saturday take them to a different sale. That They'd never been rode by this Saturday, but by this Saturday we were roping something on them. And then we'd take them to a different sale, you know, and just... We, by the time, I don't know, I bet by the time I was 13 years old, I bucked off 150 times. I bet I bucked off... So, I mean, it oh, starts early, times. this pawn shop. Oh, that's, and you'd look at anything. Yeah, we was, we was like a little circus, me and my brother. That's what we was, you know, just. And now Jake, how how what's he's two age? years younger than me. Two years, so but it was y'all were close. We were up, close, yeah. close in age, and we we rode everything. I mean, we rode mule, we rode donkeys. I've been on a llama at a. I've, I've been on everything, like just horse sales. We went to every horse sale. Oh, yeah. You can't just you can't just breeze over. You yeah, rode they, a llama. Let's. Did you you'd show on the llama or what? <laughs> you'd show up at those horse sales and what it, it got to be, I got to, me and my brother got to making money at the horse sales. We'd show up with two or three horses that we would sell at the horse sale. You know, like, we'd go to four or five sales a week. Every week, we'd go to horse sales. Me and my grandpa, my dad, and Jake. And uh, so you'd show up at the horse sales and you'd have your two or three. Well, you'd get at the back and me and Jake would be playing left leg or roping the fast lane for money, you know, acting like you'd miss, hustling. you know, hustling at hustling. the back. And then there would be a guy like, hey, I'll give you 10 bucks if you ride this horse in the ring. And ten so we, bucks. Oh yeah. That's it, your wages. Yeah, you uh, ten bucks. Ride him in the ring. Well, I, it didn't matter if they give us five bucks. I mean, anything. We, oh yeah, we'll get on it. So me and Jake would get on in the back and ride it around a little bit. Got bucked off, you know, several times. You know, hey, ride this horse in the ring for me. They buck you off in the back, you know. And then we'd ride it in the ring, and it we rode them in the ring where they try to rub you off, rear up, but you know, just whatever. But we'd ride it in the ring. They'd give us ten bucks. Well, for some reason, I don't. I, I was small enough. I can't really remember. Somebody had a llama, and I got on a llama or something. I can't even remember. It was so long ago, but that was kind of the joke. The auctioneers heard about it, and so every time we go to sale, they, I was little, and they'd say, "What? What that llama do to you?" And I guess I'd say it bucked my ass off. I couldn't even say ass right. <laughs> but uh, there's been all kinds of stories. Like, but I grew up with all those. So like Steve Friskup, you know, was the guy that. So I grew up knowing all the auctioneers and all the ring men, you know. And so anyway, but. That was like going to, we would do that. That was like the highlight of me and Jake's 
week, you know, get to go to the horse sale. We love horse sales. That's like vacation for you. Well, we love we love going to a horse sale, and then uh, we went to them so much. I got finally got burned out. Like now, I don't even hardly go to any of them. But uh, we'd go to the horse sales and make enough money to go to the jackpots that weekend or whatever. That's what we do. That was your hustle. Yeah, we we literally we would you know if you made a, if you clear 150 on a horse, you sell it on a pony. You know, I've got a video. Of my brother was watching. Those got VS. VHS tapes just by the thousands that uh, of me and Jake riding these ponies, roping on them and getting bucked on any all all this crazy stuff. But Jake just sent me a he sent me a video a couple days ago, me healing on this pony that we had bought. We give like I remember we give like four or five hundred bucks. I think I was fourteen. Being this thirteen or fourteen. That was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot for a pony. I mean three four hundred bucks. And we buy it and we, his name was Podunk. That's what we called him. And he was he bucked, but Jake sent me a video of him heading for me the other day on this pony. It's a pretty sweet video. You gotta watch it. And me healing on this pony and Jake heading for me and anyway, we roped on everything though. Did you get dubbed? Oh yeah, you that's why I, that's why I got the video. <laughs> <laughs> so you got this just pawn shop menagerie of horses going on. Right. I mean a sixty head all the time. Yeah, we had it was to feed, it was it's like a dairy, you know what I mean? Feeding all, all the horses. Mm-hmm. But so we got to look at a bunch of horses, and so that's how um, Jake's roan, which t- to me that heel horse that he had was, or, I mean, Douglas Richards got him now. That that heel horse was, they were almost the same age. The roan's a year or two older than my gray, and uh, the roan came in and my gray came in about the same time. And uh, but my gray horse, we were we were at home. A friend of mine named Marty Cottle, uh, he lives he lived 30, 40 miles away. He had a sorrel head horse, and Marty always had really nice horses. Like, he always had a really pretty horse, and he always had a nice head horse. Marty has a sorrel head horse that uh, we had been watching him rope on. It was like, it's a nice horse. And so we asked Marty if he would sell him, and Marty said, yeah, I'll, I'll sell him. And so he brings him to the house, lets me rope on him. I rope on him. He's a nice horse. And he tells me, I said, what, what do you want for him? He says, 12.5. And it's like, 12.5? I mean, we ain't here. Man, Mar, that's a good horse, but twelve five, you know, that's crazy. Let's be realistic here. Yeah, we, I can't, you know, we can't get twelve <laughs> five for that horse. And um, so he had a he had the, he had a gray horse that was tied to his trailer outside. And uh, I said, what What's that gray out there? He, he kind of caught my eye. I said, What's that gray out there? Ah, oh, that's my that's my boy's horse. I said, I got you. He said, You want to ride him? I said, Yeah, bring him in here. Let me look at him. So he brings him in, and uh, he had him saddled already. And I said, What's he been doing on him? He said. He's healed a he's healed a few steers, just lead steer tracked around in the arena. He's like, I said, well, he looks like he's almost big enough to head on. He said, do whatever you want to, but he's like, I don't care. So, I'm asking him if he wants to sell him before, you know, because, you know, if always get a price before you yeah, hit because the if stirrups. he looks good, then he's worth more, you know. I mean, whatever. Absolutely. So anyway, Marty was he's a good good guy, and so he brings him in there. And uh, I get on him, I lope him around a little bit. Well, I'm like, hey, you mind if I try to head one on him? He said, do what you want. So we had the slow steer. I back him in the box, he just stands there. I take him out after steer. And I remember he just pins his ears and just lays his ears back like he just hates a cow. And he runs up there, ropes, and he turns off. He just kind of wallers off. You know, he don't know anything. But he was always super cowy. And so I run I run two or three on him. And I say, he's a nice horse. You don't want to sell him? No, no, I can't. I said, well, all right. He said, I'll holler at you later. So he leaves. And uh, about four months later, we see Marty. At a, we, he, he would go to some amateur rodeos and stuff, and we'd always see him around. And uh, Marty, we see him about four months later, and he said, hey, 
you still want that gray? And I said, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in him. He said, hey, my, my boy uh, my boy ain't riding him enough or whatever. He said, I, I, I think I'm going to sell him. I said, well, I'd be interested in looking at him. Cause now, how old are you right then? Like the year negotiating the deal of the century. I'm, I'm going to say um, 16, 17-ish, I mean, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. So he, uh, he he says, yeah, he said, I'll bring him back over to you next week. And so we said, okay, perfect. So he comes back to the house, brings the gray. He said, hey, he's been rode maybe once or twice since you rode him. Well, we had just, me and my brothers hit, hit a big lick at the, me and my Jake hit a big lick at the U.S. Finals. Well, the dream of our life was to have a covered arena. And so we had won enough money at the U.S. Finals one year to put a top. We, we covered arena. We had an outdoor arena. And when it rained, it just literally, me and Jake was, me and Jake hated the rain. We roped in the mud if it rained. If, as long as it wasn't raining, we was roping. But it rains all the time in Broken Bow where we grew up. And so, like, our dream was to have a covered arena. So me and Jake win enough money at the U.S. Finals, we get our dad talked into building a covered arena. And it's 120 wide and 250 long. And he, we get it built. I mean, and when I mean get it built, the guys that built, I mean, it's a weld up job. I mean, if you can only imagine how hillbillies would build an indoor arena, this was it. But it, it is nice. But to me and Jake, it was like a lazy eat. It's the, you know, it's it's the, the daddy. It's the yeah, right. I mean, it was unbelievable. So we had like, just painted yellow. It looks like the yes, bottom. yeah. You know it was mean? it was an amazing deal, and but we hadn't had it very long, and Marty shows up, and it was in April, and it's pouring down rain, kind of a little bit chilly, and it's loud in there, and he brings that horse in there, and horse kind of he's a little bit snorty, you know, a little watchy. I warm him up a little bit. I chase after the first steer, and he bucks going down the arena, like just going over a speed bump, crow hopping. Not like a llama would buck your ass off. No, not like that. Not like that. Not near that range. Well, we get to the back end. I, I rope the steer, and I just kind of follow it to the back end. We get to the back end, and me and Jake, we get to the back end, and we look at each other, and I was like, perfect. Setting the trap. I go back up there. I said, hey, sucker. What the heck are we going to do with this thing? You know, he's, he, I don't know what we're He's bucker? He ain't no bronc. He said, he's just a little fresh. He said, he's just a little bit fresh. He said, he ain't been rode a long time. And I said, well... What uh you know, what are you gonna have to have for him? Nah, he said, I gotta have five thousand. I said five thousand. He said, uh, yep. He's, I said, well, I'll run a few more. In. So I chased a few more. He's the same way, just real cow. Does he so, buck again? No, he don't buck no more. He, he. Uh, so that 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 angles out. Yeah, yeah, we're done on that. But Marty knew too. Like he knew us well enough. You know, like I, he he knew what we were doing. And so um, anyway, we get done, and I said. Marty, I said, I'll give you four thousand for that horse. I ain't gonna do it. Now, you, now you're you're the negotiator. So if we were talking like pawn stars, that's yeah, that's what I, I I said one time. Like I was like the chum Lee. Like when the when the small fries came in, you know, I could make a deal. You know, like well, if they cost ten thousand, no, I, we had to go up that. Yeah, ladder. we got to go up. Somebody <laughs> else talked to. So me, what yeah. did Britt get to trade on at that point? Britt, Britt, at this time, we didn't. We thought there was something wrong with Britt at this time because Britt got bucked <laughs> off of a pony when he was like three years old and he was scared of horses so me and jake always thought there was something wrong with brit like brit was kind of like timid to horses we was like we don't know what's going on with this boy. That boy. Like, he could rope the dummy as good as anybody when he was three and four but he was scared of horses 
when he was like four or five, which is normal. But at the time, <laughs> me and Jake thought there was something really like, wrong, what's with, wrong him. with this kid. Yeah, because me and Jake was roping. You know, so he's trading on the hundred dollars and less goats. Right, right. And he got Jake. He gets up to thirty five hundred, and then you on the big ticket out of the four thousand. Right, Britt was doing the belly roll and matching people on the dummy. You know, when he was three and four years old, like that's what he could do. He could do the belly roll. He still can too. If you, My, uh, we got to get him like the worm. Yeah, like he on can the dance raise floor? up and like no. Oh, he can do the actual like the belly well, I roll. I can do that going over speed. Bumps. Yeah, that's a different deal. <laughs> My favorite is just a pause on your story. My yeah. favorite memory of your little brother was at the goat pen at the U.S. Finals one time. This cat turns one goat drags. Wow. And I, I don't even know, but he, he can't, I mean, he's not knee high to a grasshopper. Yeah. And you can see it just all over his face, just, I mean, just starts melting down. <laughs> and he's looking back at, like, the guys that own the goats. And as soon as they look back to the next team, Wah! he Punts kicks it. that goat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could have been three years old. We wasn't really that. sure when Britt was, you know, three, four, he was mean. You know, like, he, we, Britt has turned out so good. Like, he's kind of quiet, a real, he's a real good He's a real good young man. But uh, when Britt was five, six, seven, we was like, he's going to be in jail. Like, <laughs> I mean, welcome to Broken Bow. He was going to be in jail because he, he knew all the dirty jokes. He knew, you know, he he knew way too much for, for that, for his age. But he was scared of horses. Like, he was kind of a little bit scared, scared of horses. Like, we would go pin the steers, and Britt was, it was kind of funny. My grandparents lived up on the hill on another pasture where we lived, and it, we'd go gather steers every day. We'd ever, I don't know. You know, now I leave my steers wrapped in it, you know, and just go gather them. But back then, we unwrapped steers every night, turn them out. And it would, it'd take an like hour. 40 steers? 50, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, we had quite a few steers. And now they were wore out. Now. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> there wasn't no fresh, getting fresh steers back then was like Christmas. You know, like, that's what we got for Christmas one year was a fresh set of steers. Like, that was, fresh set of steers was, we could not wait to break in the steers. You know? We roped the same steers until they couldn't fit in the chute no more. But we'd go pin the steers, and Britt would go. We'd lead him when he was like four and five, and we'd get over there to our grandparents' house. And he said, "Hey, oh, can I get off and get a sandwich?" That was his out of getting. I'm like, yeah, go ahead, Britt. So we'd just tie his horse up, and he'd go to Grandma's house and Grandpa's house, and me and Jake would do all the work, you know. But anyway, he came around finally. But, so you're chum Leon over here at this deal so, for four thousand. Right. He tells he me wants want, he wants five grand for the horse, and and so I tell him, I said, Marty, I'll give you four thousand for him. Nah, I ain't gonna do it. He said, I gotta go. Marty's he's always. He's always in a hurry. And so he said, I got to go. And so we said, okay. So he leaves. And used to, every Wednesday night, we'd go to Pizza Hut. That was like our gathering. Every Wednesday night, we'd go to Pizza Hut. I think it was it was Wednesday, maybe. I'm, I'm 90% sure. We're all sitting down, and we're, we're having dinner. And uh, we're asking what's going on that day or whatever. And uh, it gets brought up about the horse. Um, hey, what about the gray? Didn't get the gray bought. And I was like, man, I offered him $4,000 for him. And he told me he wanted five. And uh, uh, Marty came down to 4500 He said, I'll take 4500 And I tell him no. And he leaves with the horse. So you almost didn't buy Marty over $500. It was $500. It was 500 bucks. And so he leaves. Wow. He leaves with him. And uh, we get talking about it. And my dad brought up, he said, hey, you know, he said, uh, if you like that horse, you probably ought to buy him. You know, we we, you know, because we are every time we buy one, we think we have a number in mind what we think we can get for it. It was like, I bet that horse probably, you know, you ride him six months, you probably get sixty-five, seventy-five hundred for him, you know. And Good wages. Yeah, oh, it's great. And it was like, you know what, you're probably right, probably. Right. So I said, you know what, I'll call him in the morning, which my morning was a little bit later than most people's mornings, you know. Marty calls. 
my I could get a, my my dad's upstairs. We me and my brother stay in the basement, and uh, my dad was upstairs, and he uh, he hollers down like eight o'clock the next morning. He says, "Hey, Marty, I was gonna call Marty and get him forty five hundred the next day. Marty called me, said, asked asked if I had four thousand. We said, yeah. He said, I'm bringing that horse to you. It's like eight o'clock the next morning. So he pulls in, and I give Roddy a check, and he takes off four four grand. He, four grand. Four grand is what he called. But you know, and then at the time. I was excited to have him because you know he was he was really pretty. He was maybe the prettiest horse I'd ever seen. That's come on that place I thought. And uh, I mean that paint you had, the paint stud or whatever. He he was pretty cool. I had a pretty cool he paint pretty. horse. He was pretty cool for a paint horse. So you got your new toy. Right. I was, Let's get after. It. I was pumped. You know. How so old is Marty at that time? Then? He's four. He's four. He just turned four that year. And so. So with no I, papers. No papers. Right. But they knew what he's out of, I guess. Or so he can't. Before Marty, this horse was, before Marty had him, he'd had three different owners. He came off the Brosico Ranch. So the Preferts, father-in-law, Nate, Prefert, all them, they had a, their father-in-law, his name's Tractor Brad. I found out the whole information on him years later, but they raised that horse. Uh, this, his daddy is a son of uh, Hollywood Dunnett. He's a, Marty's a grandson of Hollywood Dunnett is what he is. His mama, they thought, the guy that raised Marty's mama died, <coughs> and Ma Marty's mama was an old mare, and they think that she had papers. And we try, we sent in hair. We tr we tried to get papers a little bit. Years later, at the time we didn't even care, but four or five years later we tried to get papers. We tried to get papers on him, and anyway we couldn't do it. His mama must not have been rich. Is what the deal was, I guess. But we tracked down the whole deal, and anyway. But Marty was when he was two and three, he was pretty waspy, like. Not a bronc like hurt you, but like real watchy, like get away. Like he didn't want nobody petting on him. When you got on him, he was pretty good, but he didn't want nobody petting on him, loving on him. Like he's kind of like, he just kind of didn't want nobody messing with him. But when I get him, I, I was so excited to have him, and I start using him. Like I snub colts on him. That's how I started. I started snubbing up colts outside horses. You know, we'd snub up colts, pin the steers, and just start using him. And um, then Jake, so at the time, I was basically a healer at the time. Like, I, I wasn't really even a header. I, I was full-fledged healer. 17, when I was 17 years old, I, I thought I was going to be a healer. Wheeler. And, I, I mean, I loved it. I mean, Clay. Ray right, O. Right, that's, that's how you're doing. Jake and Clay. And so, anyway, but, so my brother actually took that. I was heading on him. I headed on him some. Jake rode him some. And Jake actually took him to some of the first ropes the horse ever went to. Uh, heading on him. Like the first outing that horse ever went to was Murfreesboro. Um, yeah, it was Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Jake headed on him in the 15, and Will Woodfin headed on him in the 15. Will Woodfin was the one of the first persons ever headed on him at a roping too one time. Wow. At a so big, at a long, big roping. How long did it take to get him? So I don't know when this is, but so I buy him in April. That same year, sometime in there, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a header now. And like the U.S. Finals rolls around, I ride him in the Open in October. He's four. Wow. You don't even open it. Four I, years old. Right. And I thought he did amazing. And I watched the video back, and I'm like, he looks pretty green. <laughs> you know, but by the by the time that horse was five years old, he had been everywhere. You know, and, and I blew a lot of them up. You know, I messed some, I messed two or three nice horses up in the box, you know, because back then, when I had a horse, that's what I rode everywhere. You know, I rode him amateur rodeos, jackpots everywhere. And so, that horse, he stayed together in the box. He was great in the box the whole time. And anyway, he got, by the time he was five and six years old, he got he got it everywhere. So, 
this my new addition. Sometimes the color fails if the fly gets to bother us. Is that your bad leg? No, this is my oh, good okay, one. Okay, good. This is my good one. Because if it lands right there, just don't worry. I'll just come hot. Just get it. So four or five years old, you start rodeoing what year? Oh, it was almost. That would have been. I won't go the face. <laughs> so you start rodeoing on him. Let's see. You make the finals the first time. Would have been probably 14. Didn't we make I it the first I was, time together? So my rookie year was 2013. 15 was my first year to make it up for Yeah. But 15. you rode the Dunn there the first year. Right. So uh, I had... I, the Dunn was a, is a cool story too. The 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 Dunn you got the, the the Dunn horse that I had I had Marty and Jazz was the two horses and I just thought they were looking back I'm like man you know what that as a header you know like you have a horse or two horses that kind of make you I mean you know like those two horses is what may, is the reason why I'm here today I, I I fully believe the Dunn horse a friend of ours that lived literally four miles down the road named Terry Jeans. You've probably heard of Terry Jeans. I don't know if you know Terry. But anyway, Terry Jeans, he would pay me to turn him steers. He would say, hey, what are you doing today? Is there anybody over there? No, it's kind of a light day. He said, hey, would I, could I pay you? Would you turn me some steers? Yeah. So he... So you he, go from riding llamas in the ring at $10 a piece. Now you're getting paid to head steers. Which was like paid to rope. You know, it was amazing. He would give us a little money and man, it was just, it meant the world to me and Jake, like, he didn't have to do that. I, mean, I would have turned him steers anyway, but he's like, he wanted like a one-on-one -on -one session, so I would turn him steers. And so he one day he comes over, he says, hey, I got I, I got a head horse. He said, can I bring my head horse? Would you, you ride some on my head horse? I said, run some on my head horse. I said, yes, sir. So he brings the head horse over, pretty done. I get on him. I run about three or four, and I tell my brother, I said, hey, this guy's got a really good head horse. Jake's like, wow, whatever. You know, he's like, whatever, bull crap. I said, no, I'm telling you, it's a pretty good horse. So Terry, I call Terry maybe the next day. I'm like, hey Terry, you want to come over and rope again? Would you I'll bring that head? You. Would you bring that head horse over, please? <laughs> yeah, I'll bring it. Now, so how old are you at that time? Same like 17, 18, you know, 17. I, I'm thinking about heading now. You know, so like, now we need to gather up. Stop. I, I'm thinking about heading. Like I need to get some head horses together. And so um, Terry comes over and brings the horse. While I run some on him, I said, hey Terry, what? Like, what are you gonna? What are you gonna do with this head horse? He said, ah, I might sell him. And uh, I said, well, what what what's he gonna cost? Oh, I'd have to have quite a bit for him. I said, well, I figured. But anyway, it kind of went out the window. We hit me and my brother have a sponsor back this in this time. His name is Mondo. Mondo, we call him. I call Mondo. I said, Mondo, I know you're helping me out a lot, but we have a I have a head horse here that a guy has that he said he's gonna want some money for him. But I said, this head horse I think is good enough to like make the finals on. I said, if I had this horse, I would be like set, man. I'd We'd be, be ready. Pumped, be pumped. So Mondo said, I'll be right there. He said, when you get him over there, I'm gonna come in. So Mondo, he flies in. He he, he gets, he's got his he got a little charter plane. He flies in, we go pick him up. We get everything scheduled. I call Terry, Terry, would you come over, come over and bring an head horse? Yeah. So he comes over, Mondo flies in, brings his vet. He's got a vet, he's got a woman that's a vet. That, that's, wow. So now we're, that's a guy who's we, fine. We got everything lined up. Because I'm sure you dealing in the horse deal. How many people come to look at your horse and don't even bring a trailer? Right, no. That, you know right, what I mean? Like, yeah. now this guy's bringing a vet. He's right, for real. Right, Me and Jake, you on the trailer deal, me and Jake, somebody pull up. We used to have, me and Jake used to want to soul up that. You know, somebody would call you want to buy a horse, and they'd pull up, drive wherever, and they'd have no trailer. Me and Jake's like, they ain't going to buy nothing, you know? But we we were ready. Mondo, he he's like, he he's all in, and so... It was amazing what he was doing for us. And so he flies in, brings his vet. I call Terry. Terry, what are you doing today? Nothing. I said, would you bring that horse over? I'm 
would let me run someone? Yeah. So he comes over, brings a head horse. I run some steers. Mondo's watching. And uh, so I, 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 Mondo had helped me out so much. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to be like, hey, Terry, I got this sponsor guy that's going to buy this horse. So, you know, would, I'm just letting you know. So I just wanted Terry to price me the horse, what he's going to buy. Yeah. I had backup. I went, Mondo had helped me so much. I was like, hey, whatever the horse costs, Mondo, this is what he's going to cost. And so he comes over. And uh, I run some on him, and Mondo, he said, uh, that was nice. He said, uh, uh, he said, well, the horse looks good. So he trots him. We had a concrete alleyway. Trots him up down the alleyway. His vet's looking at him, you know. And so I asked Terry, before we get all this done, I said, hey, Terry, what, what are you going to have to have for that horse? I said, I know you said a lot, but would you, like, can you tell me? Give me a number. Can you give me so a number? So you roped on him without getting a number. Right. I had no idea until Mondo got there. I, I didn't know what the horse was going to cost. I'm thinking 30000 you know, like. Oh, a, a lot of money, right? And so he trots him up down the car. I asked Terry before we do all this. I said, Terry, can you give me a number like what? How much this horse gonna cost? He said, You know what? He said I'd have to have seventy five hundred for him. Oh my gosh! Mondo's plane ride up there cost more than that. <laughs> yeah. He said I'd have to have seventy five hundred for him, and I went, oh, my gosh, I think we can do this. And so we go, me and Jake, and we tell Dad, you know, hey. Uh, Terry wants 7500 for this horse. We don't need Mondo, I don't think. I think we can do this. And so I tell Mondo, hey, Mondo, he wants 7500 for this horse. Ah, let me handle it. Let me handle it. So he trots him up down the concrete. He's trying to Jew Terry. <laughs> I think he gets him bought. Mondo buys a horse for him. I, I told him, I said, Mondo, I can, I can do this. No, no, no. Let me let me handle it. He's all, he loved wheeling and dealing. I love Mondo. He, will, he, he trots him up down. He's sound, whatever. He, he tells Terry, what are you going to have to have for this horse? 7500 I think he jewed him a couple hundred bucks. Anyway, it, it was it was kind of hilarious how it all went. Maybe he gives 7300 for him or something. But uh, Mondo buys him and gives him to me. And so, anyway, but it was amazing to have those two horses. No I, I had 7500 in one and 4000 in another one, and it was the two best horses I've ever had. And so that is It was kind of crazy. And, and that done was, that done, what that done did so good is when you wanted him to pull, if you, if you like, turn the cow off when you want him to pull he would run through a fence pulling and then I don't know what had I don't know what he had it's almost like he had something wrong with him in the back end he could be dead pulling that way and when you want him to face he would just wheel he you could put him in any spot and his back end was like dislocated he would just wheel around and a buddy of mine actually fell off of him facing him at a, at like the first time he ever he fell off he would just wheel around and face and so I always thought man if I make the finals that horse that's where we're going on. That's where we're going to be on it. So anyway, it was, it was kind of cool. So your first year you rode him, rode mm -hmm. outstanding. I remember that. And then you come back the first time you win the world though, you got on Marty. And the reason, like that year, like maybe Nampa and some of them, Marty wasn't pulling up in the wall like you wanted. Right. Yeah. He had never been inside. Like yeah. he had never been in a building. You know, like he didn't know a little tight confined building so, was. A little more on that, like, you know, you, you have a covered arena, but still, when they can see outside, yeah, it's such see. a difference. People don't realize that. That's why I put my bells of hay up what when I'm practicing, because I mean it, it's just closed off, and I crash them into it a lot. I'm not very good. That's exactly what we did. So at home, uh, I rode him, and I was, and and the other deal is why I didn't ride Marty at the NFR the first couple of times is because I mean you know when you start riding them at the NFR, it makes those horses want to be a little bit more tight. Yeah. I, I think you take a little bit of run at them. The NFR is the hardest place to rope on them all year long. Like. To me, on a on a head horse, it's the hardest place to ride a head horse. Yeah, like getting a specialized unit in that building is really a privilege. I mean, having one right. that just has like Heisman, like it's such a blessing to have him that I don't, a don't have to think about what I'm gonna ride, and right. b like that, like 
you, your setup is for that, and I don't have to take the run out of anything else I got. Right. I mean, it, it, it's it's the hardest place all year to ride a head horse is at the net bar. You know, in Napa, it's kind of like that, too. It's just there's not a lot of left, so as soon as you stick on the side of horn, you know, you don't have no forward, you can't have enough forward momentum, and so the horses kind of want to get, you know, it's almost better than if our steer dang sure steps right, even where you can kind of push up and finish in the middle. But one step's left, then all of a sudden they got to be on the left leg coming back. You know, it's, it's it's hard on a head horse inside that building. But that's the reason why I was like, Marty was so good. Marty was the reason why I made the NFR. So you want to keep and him? And so I was like, man, I'll keep him. I don't want him doing do that. Do the old Bob and Viper. Bob gets us there, Viper wins. Right, that's, that's, that's how I did it. And the Dunn, he didn't care. He he never ever would think about ducking and if I wanted to hit the fence he just hit the fence you know and but then it got to the point where it's like man I, I want to win you know I had the goal I, I want to win the world you know win the world and so I was like Marty's gonna get it and so I put hay bales up in my in the barn and the same thing what you're saying I would I wrote I wrote little light muleys and would make him get to the fence and then just kick it off and, and got him strong and so you know I wrote him out there and then it was like why wasn't I doing that all along but signature moment let's have that real fast thanks brought to us by our signature living quarters which you've already been oogling over i'm telling you buy you a toter signature living quarters let them redo it doesn't it look cool with the it white is. it brightens up it. and then you can awesome. with the dark shades you can nap during the day we were already talking about how i mean naps are important they are let's be honest you know what two things you've hit on i so saw our signature moment i like i like to give advice out there for youngsters anybody watching i mean it doesn't have to be a, a roper necessarily but you know, you talked about this year, no excuses. Like, you've had no excuse. You're not going to let the leg define you, this and that. You know, working through Marty, getting strong at the finals. What would be something that Clay Smith in 2022 would tell Clay Smith in 2013, 12, 14? Uh, I, to me, I guess, is, uh, you you know, growing up you have dreams. Like, you know, you see guys and sometimes you think that those dreams are almost unattainable. And it, I guess... For me, it's to tell a young kid something. You know, it's like there is nothing different about none of us out here. I mean, you know, like this this rodeo deal is. Uh, I, I guess it's one of those things. It's like you grow up. This is all you want to do, and then you know now when you're doing it, you're like, oh, this really wasn't. It really wasn't that much to it. But all the little things that led up to it, all the time. I, I'll tell you what, figuring out how to win. Uh, at the high level is a lot of determination you know growing up like if you work at it hard enough and surround yourself with with people that that are doing it the right way and like those guys that I, I watched two or three different guys I watched them guys rope and I was like okay my style is you can't match my style nobody can match my style but I can put m my style with this guy and this guy and figure out what to do and so to me I, I guess it would be like your young guys growing up it's like figure out who is winning figure out who's doing it the right way and and I guess what I would say is people think about roping so much but horsemanship man if a guy and you know like making a horse last I wasn't able to go buy a new horse I had this is what I had and luckily I had Mondo helping me there but before all that like I had a horse and I had to figure out how to make him last as long as I could and so Roping is good, but you also, if a guy ain't working on his horsemanship and figuring out how to, when you get done with that horse, no matter what age he is, when you get done with him, he should be better. And so figuring out how, when you get done with the horse, that he's doing better, that that at any level, if that's he's a 17. That's a lesson to learn early. Well, I mean, that's. I mean, no, that's. 
you know, but, something Tiffany's always on me about is communication and how the horse, you know, she told me the other day my problem with one was that 3 o'clock I should go look him in the right eye and I'd see the problem. So, like, I walk around and I'm like, does he have a blue spot? Like, what? And I just see the reflection. I just see my face <laughs> staring right back at him. And, you know, <laughs> thanks, Tiff. <laughs> yeah, right. No, but I think Bummer. it's a great lesson. And so, you know, that kind of leads us back to Marty. Here he is. You went around last year and he actually had an injury and let you win the round. I mean, he had some heart. Yeah, he. That, that horse, it's a good and bad thing. That horse is, was the toughest horse. I've never had a horse that tough. That that horse, I can count on one hand. Like that horse, he's pull, he pulled a muscle in his shoulder at the BFI on the first steer, probably. I run the second steer on him at the BFI. This has been four or five oh, years ago. Oh yeah, that's ago. when you got off and got on. I didn't know what's going on with him. I, I said I didn't know what's going on with him. I, he, he come out and I'm like, he is done. And he just he had a strained muscle in his shoulder, but he did it first round. I know, but that horse. It was a good bad thing that horse you would never know he was hurt until he was like really hurt and he would hide it from you he was so tough because every time you nodded he was after the cow and so uh i took him last year and roped on him at the muley roping that they had in arizona and i run probably 10 on him at a muley roping fret walking fresh muleys and i take him to the nfr and ride him at the nfr right and, after that like you go to arizona on your way i went to arizona yeah. way, and ride him out there and then i went to the nfr and uh Rode him out there at the NFR uh, there at the end when I was like, I knew I could make the same run on him and be faster than I could be on the horse I was riding at first. And so anyway, I got you, on I him. I mean, you rode Boogie. Him. I mean, it's, it wasn't like you was sloppy. That's a good horse. That's an amazing horse, man. That horse, that's an amazing horse. My my little sister-in-law, that was her horse. And so she uh, she let me ride him out there at the NFR last year. And uh, I mean, that horse has got some age on him, but that horse is an amazing mm. horse. And then, uh, so when then I missed, I screwed up about halfway through and missed one, and then I, I knew I needed to get on Marty and, like, kind of go at a couple, and so... Bring the pain. 3-6, day well, one, first year out. We did, and then and then everybody, you know, everybody was like, why wouldn't you ride him the whole time? The whole you time, because it's hard to do that 10 times in a row when yeah, they start. Right. That's, you know, I think Hunter Keir told me the best. You know, you want your horse sharp, but you don't want him too sharp. Right. But he can't be too rusty either. I mean, he's got to yeah. be almost coming like this, so that about round eight... Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. If you start off, you know, you want to win the first round. At but if, time. If, if you're 3-6 in the first round, it's a long week. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's going to get tighter and tighter. Sounds like tighter. it'd be an amazing week. Right. When you curl the front leg and go get the whistle, this year I headed, healed him, and made the whistle all in the first round. So, <laughs> I mean, that's a tough way to start that's the week. <laughs> I, would, I would much prefer to try on that 3-6 you're speaking of. No, yeah. but you have a great point. I mean, they're that sharp. It's hard to – but, and that's – when your horse for the finals – you know, the first couple of years, I took two horses that were like the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, they, they were both the same off the back of the box, like off the reins. You know, they were both the same amount of free in the arena. Well, then it's like if I jump ship midstream, right. I mean, it's pointless. Right. Well, then I started going with, okay, I got one that falls off the bridle reins, rolling in case it starts really fast. And then I always like having one that's a little deader off of it because sometimes it's such a timing out there for me. Yeah. I don't know how for no, you because right. it, it happens so fast you can't really watch the cow right. like I'm accustomed to. And then, so, you know, I got one deader off the reins, but that one that's deader off the reins, he's going to be ducking. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Because right. if you jump, like you said, if you mess up and you jump ship midweek, you need to be three on the next A guy really does need two horses out there, and very rarely do you do you use them, it seems like. Or, I mean, there's been a few times I have, but... but um, do you grand entry on the same horse you rope on? No. I, my my done horse, he was so laid back that I, I did, but uh, Marty, he... When I was when I first started riding him out there, I took him to the Grand Entry, you know, that first time, and then he he was like he was breathing fire. Like I was he having was to ace up. my yellow. 
just to get through it. So you almost need a coach. So Speedy course. told me the first time I ever made it, and I thought this is great advice, and I always tell everybody that, you know, like, what's the best piece of advice you got about the final? You do not grand entry on the same horse you compete on. <laughs> they get bumped around. All those rough stock riders banging into you get some sore before the end of the week. Like, I just hear every time when I'm going to go out there, it's like, I know I'm not riding. I don't care how terrible the grand entry goes. I'm not riding this one because Speedy told me not to. Don't do it. Don't do it. I, I, I did, but I here the last few years, I've tried to ride something else in the grand entry just because, like what you're saying. I mean, what if somebody, I mean, the mount, the rough stock guys mount out on a horse. Really, the rough stock guys probably shouldn't be in the grand entry. Like, it's, wow, that's so crazy. They probably Late shouldn't Sunday be. last year, get yeah. sent home round five. I mean, borrowing horses and they bring this string of horses in here that hadn't been rode all You know, it's it's pretty it's pretty dangerous. I mean, they might as well get on a llama in southeast Oklahoma yeah. and run through a horse set. That, that would be more entertaining if, if they rode llamas. Ten llamas. Oh, I'd do anything. The Clay Smith, for ten bucks you'd do anything. Oh, I would get on crazy. anything. Get on anything. Now, so let's talk a little more about Marty. I, I mean, it's such a fascinating story. I'm actually going to have a chance to maybe purchase Marty. Yeah, so... <laughs> This is what, uh, I mean, you know, it would be nice to, I, that was one horse I've always said, you know, was like that, that horse, that horse will die on the place, but I, I, I'm to the point, I got three kids, I mean, you know, rodeo guys, I no, wish I, I could, don't, I no, wish I, I collect them, like I, you know what I mean, like I've got a, my, my retirement pasture, my wife gets on me all the time, she's <laughs> like, there's too many in the retirement pasture, and I'm like, but I love them all. You know what I mean? And they all made such an impact to me that like I cannot let. And so that to me is fascinating what you're fixing to try. Well, I, it was a, it was a big deal like to even think about this. But I, so I'm kind of selfish. Like I, I don't want I don't want Marty being rodeoed anymore. Like the you know how it is going up and down the road is the hardest thing on a horse. Like it ain't the amount of steers that you rope on them. Like taking to a jackpot's not a big deal. But it's just the wear and tear up and down the road and sending. I mean just like. Yes, I mean we drive from Ellensburg nine hours to Blackfoot, Idaho, and then nine out we rode Blackfoot, turn around, drive nine hours back, like eighteen hours in the in the trailer for you know a fifteen hundred dollar rodeo. It doesn't. That you got to go to right now. I have to go to right now, but it doesn't make any sense on horse wise, you know. And so all those little things, I'm like, man, he's done enough for me. Like I'm not going to do that to him anymore. And uh, he's, uh, I I I don't want to ride him at the in between jackpot like. He's too special of a horse for me to ride at some of the stuff that I need to be riding him at because that's what he was when when I was riding him all the time. That's when he's the best. And so I I, I said I wanted to – I was thinking about selling him because, I mean, three kids, I bought a new place. We were working on – I mean, I mean, you know life. how it is. It's life. And, it's, and, and my kids are young enough. If my kids were old enough to ride him, I would not sell him. But – my kids, I mean, my boy's four. I got a girl that's uh, two. You don't think your four-year-old strap it on right there? I mean, he, he's still a lot of horse. That, that, <laughs> that That's the thing about that horse is I thought, you know, he'd be my kid's horse. That horse is still a lot of that's horse. A lot like, of, that's like a lot of Marty not, right there. Not, you know, he's a lot of horse. If if he wants to back him in the box and the gate, he's going to go as fast as the cow's going to go. You know, like he's not, I don't think, I think he would be so old by the time my kid could ride him that it would be pointless because when the gate opens, if the cow's walking, he'll go behind him. But if the cow's running, he's running. There's no holding him back. I mean, he's going to chase the cow as fast as he can. And so he'll be too much horse for my kid until my kid's probably 14. And that's 10 years away. And so anyway, I said, I, I wanted to sell him, but I didn't want him going to a rodeo. I'm selfish. I didn't want him going to a rodeo guy because I'm like, 
My yeah, biggest... wouldn't you love to see Dustin Agassiz bringing heat on Marty over there? I mean, maybe one time I would love to see it, but but I would want to see it every, every week. Day, I don't no, because I'm that. trying to beat the guy. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, I don't want to mess with that guy. So I, didn't, I didn't tell Dustin that Marty was for sale. I didn't tell Dustin or Tanner Tomlinson that Marty was for sale. I, I don't know if they subscribe to the Toter Tales. I mean, if you guys are out there on Spotify, I mean, this could be some insider information. Yeah. This could you, be your opportunity to own one of the greatest head horses of all time. You never want to sell to your competition. Like, I mean, you don't. I, I didn't. I didn't ever want nobody happy. But, like, money. honestly, you gave 4500 you but you take three times your money today. Yeah, that sounds pretty good, right? No. Best I, offer you've had today. Right. And so I, I was thinking, I was like, man, what's. And then so I, I was like, well, what's he worth? I'm like, I don't have. I have no idea what. A billion what, dollars to no. you. I mean, no, I'm I mean, saying, to, like, for what he's done to your he's career. He's done everything I mean, for me. Right. So, how do you put a price on that? To me, I mean, I, I grew up, I'm old school. Like, I mean, the, the horse. If a horse costs forty or fifty thousand, that's a ton of money. But what is that horse worth? I have no idea what that horse is worth. So I, I I heard about the sale, you know, the Rancho Rio sale and stuff, and I thought most of the time that that's a prestigious sale. You know, the 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 people that's going to that sale are the people that goes to the jackpots. They're not your rodeo guys that. that and so I, I'm, I'm being a little. There's going to be the top twenty headers in the world. The Rancho Rio <laughs> sale, the number. I'll be on No, I I I'm gonna. So I, I called Steve Friskup and he's uh, Tayos and they're the you know they're Steve auctioneers and Tayos puts it on and so I called them and and I also have Sunday. Now the Steve Friskup from our story earlier like you. So I grew up with Steve my whole life and so st- I called Steve and I talked to Steve and Steve said you know what he said I can't believe you're even he said I, I wish I had enough. You told me this. He I said I, I wish I had enough money to buy it from you right now and I said well I don't even know what I have no idea what he's right. going to bring I said I, I'm I'm but I, I'm I'm going to let him go because I said I don't want him sitting around there. To me, I love that horse so much. Like I, I don't want to see him go over make somebody ten else's years. Day. It's time for him to go somewhere else. And so, um, anyway, Steve said he said I'd I'd be honored to have an opportunity to sell that horse. And I said, well, it's just a thought. And he's, like honored enough, he doesn't want to take his commission. Or? Well, the, yeah, I'm gonna have to talk to him about that. I mean, like, split let's talk, it. What's right. honor? With you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, so I've got him. And I've got the yellow horse suntan booked in that sale. But it was a. It's a, it's a hard deal, and, and I've had, even my brothers, I, talk, I told my brothers that about it. That is the bad foot. And I almost fine. come fly hot on the bad foot. It's fine. I told my brothers, and they're like, I can't, you ain't going to do that. And I said, no, I, I really think I'm going to, because it's time for me to let him go. I'm not I'm not using him. Now, he's how old all, is Marty now? He's 16. And he's back to sound? Yeah, I, I wrote him at, I wrote him at uh, two jackpots before we came out here, and I, I wrote him at a rodeo, I wrote him at Weatherford, and then I was, when I went back to, my plan was when I go back to Dodge, instead of hauling him to Reno and everything, when I went back for Dodge, I was going to ride him that week at Dodge and then maybe take him Northwest. He's great at Pendleton, like on the grass. He's so sure-footed. I was like, I could take him back here, and it would be kind of less traveling, like over the fourth. And so anyway, but then my situation now, I hadn't done anything. But um, anyway, so I, I'm kind of curious, but that's not till March. I don't know. I mean, maybe. But right now he's booked in the Rancho He's, Rio, he's so. in. I, I made a promise to him, and they – I told him I was going to bring him, so we're going to, I'm going to take him, wow. take him to Rancho Rio. Man, A, I think, you know, one, I, I, I'm like everybody else that probably just heard that, just, wow, I can't believe it, but two, I, I mean, A, I, I think that's very respectful, you know what I mean, to your animal, because we are stewards of them is what we have, them. and then yeah. if you can't, you know, maybe it's an opportunity for somebody else. He's sitting in a stall, you know, like he's sitting, he's sitting in the pen right now, like that horse, I know what that horse, that horse wants to chase the cow, like that's what he wants yeah. to do, and so I feel like he needs to be chasing a steer, and, and I've got... I mean, luckily, blessed enough to where, like, I've got a two or three other horses that are coming up that I compare them to Marty all the time. You know, like, I have 
thought about teleporting Marty. Yet. Like, I, I need Marty, like, for piano. Uh, but he's so out of shape right now. I hadn't rode him since I've been gone. I was like, man, how cool would it be to have Marty? It doesn't seem like you'd need much, man. You're rolling. But, I mean, one of the things I think, you know, what a great lesson you learned as a kid. You know what I mean? When it's time to move on from one. And, and yeah. that's one thing I've been terrible about over my career is being able to sell them. I mean, I got four head horses or three head horses out here with me right now. I don't even ride the one. just, And I still don't want to entertain the thought of selling it. It's like, I'm like you. I don't want to see somebody else win on him as no, bad. Right. You know, especially if he helps their herd. I mean, that's a great point. But, man, that's a, that's, I'm very, that's, that's. It's gonna be interesting. I'm very impressed with that. That's that's wow. I I couldn't do that. No. <laughs> like you know, like Booger, like he just now he just totes my little girl around, and it's so funny because you'd say like the old rodeo horses, you'd think they would just be the best kid horses ever. Right. And then the other day at the barrel race, she turns the backside of the third barrel, and our friend Jennifer's announced. She's like, "Go Stella!" And I mean, with it, Booger <laughs> threw his head up. And just, I mean, for like three strides, which but, I was like, "Wow!" I just I only need. Four. Right, yeah. Those those horses, those good horses like that, they never quit trying. That, that's what that's what's cool about them is, you know, I've had horses that I rodeoed on some that they they'll kind of give it up. You know, those, those good ones though, like they never they never do. They never quit I mean, trying. Booger's twenty eight years old now, and I guarantee you, never quit trying. If you he's fired up one time, and Preacher was that way until he was gone. Man, I yeah. tell you, so you you rode with Jake Long. Yeah. That was, I mean, you've been the big highlight and the talk of all year. Let's face it, you split with Jake. <laughs> Start roping with Jake Long. Then obviously you have your accident. Now you're back in action. Looks like you're going to make it. You know, there's. I mean, so what are you this week? Fifteenth, fourteenth. You're fourteenth or thirteenth, right? I think I'm. I think I'm fourteenth. I think. I mean, it's still a lot of oh, the... bullets left in the gun. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, so you know, let's talk a little bit about the bubble because I think the bubble is exciting from this standpoint. It's higher than it's ever been. Right. You know, like you've got what seventy. Uh. 74, 7, 77, 77, 78, something like that. And before that was in, that's way safe. Right. And right. now I think it's really incredible. We got two headers that are going to break the, the earnings record. I still talk about that all the time. Play trying, he's only like 7,000 back of it. Right. Driggers has obliterated it. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, wow, you still got, and then you got the high the high end guys, the guys that are the top five, they're winning more than they've ever won. Right. And it's taken more than it's ever needed to make the national finals. You know, I think the payoff scale, and I how incredible all these committees adding all this money. Oh, that's, that's, that's crazy. You know, like, I mean, to go to a ten, everywhere's 10,000 added that we go to. I mean, that we official this year. You know, it seems like everywhere. I'm officialing some say, $500 you, added. You're, headed, <laughs> you're <laughs> headed to a 500 I'm added. I'm going to an day. amateur rodeo that just turned PRCA rodeo this week. But um, uh, it is crazy that how much money there is, like, uh, that they're adding, that they've added this year. You know, like, it, it's unbelievable. It's, it's a great thing. And I think, you know, you can talk about your gold buckles. You know, you almost won the world in the all-around. People don't know that. You were one failed heel loop in the 10th round one time, not giving specifics, but to win the all-around world title that year, 2016, take it from Junior McGarrett. And, I mean, you've had a lot of great comebacks. You've won the Junior World. You've won everything. But I think the most impressive thing that I've seen is the way you've gotten Jake Long to unboot your horse when you're done. That's, that is impressive. That ought to tell you where you're at as a header. Right. Like when he's unbooting right. your horse. He only does it when I catch. So like I, uh, when I miss. If he not, just, he just leaves you strapped yeah, in. Like, I'll see you later. Yeah. No. He's awesome. he's he's been a good team member. He so really you got to tell this story. The other day we all go to San Juan. I send my rig. Tiff's got all the six horses. I fly in. I stay the extra day because you guys had to rope on yeah. Sunday. We rope Saturday. So I'm like, hey, what do y'all need? You guys are running a little bit behind. Now. Clay has done this big article about this fancy little fender he's got. And now, 
What a difference this fender's made. It's real thin. And so I said, hey, do you, I saddle the horses. I mean, I'm making a hand. I'm out here doing my best. I get your horse saddled. And I asked him, I said, hey, so do we need this, this, this stirrup set up here? Now, when I say that, what I mean is the entire situation, the fender, all of it. He's like, no, we can go ahead and pull that off. I brought my stirrups with me. Perfect. <laughs> Blevins buckle off. <laughs> I ripped that thing off there. And then I go in the toter home, and it was hot. You know, we're watching yeah. Sports Center. Right. We're kind of getting some stuff set up in here. Well, then all of a sudden, the door blows open. I can tell the panic from Jake Long's face because we've rodeoed a long time before, you know. And so he blows the door. He's like, hey, you got a screwdriver in here? we got to fix something. I'm like, what happened? Like, what's wrong? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I got one. We jump start the toter sometimes. I've got one back here that we fix this. What, what do you need? He's like, well, we didn't mean to take the fender off. <laughs> he shows up with his stirrup, comes around the corner, his entire stirrup's gone. He's got his metal stirrup here walking boot. Yeah, I thought I was going to have to ride just one, one stirrup, nothing over there on the right, just like Indian style. Uh, I showed up and there was no fender how, at all. No how, how, how did your heart drop right there? That's I was like, oh, because I seen the that buddy, my, Doug Harrigal, that fixed my fender. He It was a process, and so I'm like, when I seen that, I'm like, oh, man. That's a, that, was a, that was an Eastern Okie miscommunication. This, this was a miscommunication. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I, we'll be okay. And But you you did good. You took the side. I would have been trying to put it on with the horse. So no. so you kids out there, if, you're ever, good, if somebody ever call. steals your fender, you just take the saddle off, you set it up on the tree. You can push I, it right I had the old uh, hay string trick that Doug showed me. You put the hay string through the hole and then you weave it through, but you have to have them unsaddled. How much can you hard. fix with hay string? Oh, hay string is coming really handy. Well, Clay, we thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us in the in our signature quarters look. Thanks for your yeah, signature you. moment. Marty, going in the Rancho Rio sale yeah. next March. Yeah, I can actually say there will probably be some tears. And then I've said it growing up before. I think probably, I'm going to cry. I'm not going to lie to you, you know. It'll be, a, it'll be a weird deal. I mean, for a decade and a half, it feels like we've seen you on that gray. Well, thank you for coming. Hey, thank good you. luck the rest of the season. Looks like you guys are rocking and rolling. Thank you. Doesn't look like you need luck. You don't even need a second leg, really, let's be honest. So, enjoyed it. Thank you so much for being here. Everybody, we're going to let you go. Thank you for joining us in the Toter Tales. Check us out, Spotify. I'm going to be on Apple for long. Don't, don't panic on me. And it's just Coleman Proctor. One more time reminding you, never miss an opportunity to make somebody's life better.